Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Podcast. This is a, a bit of a truncated version, but we uh, we had to we had to fix Eric Moody's technical issues. He's here though, Eric Moody. I am here. Did have some technical issues, which have been resolved, and uh, ready to talk some fantasy football, gentlemen. Jake Seeley, how uh, how are you doing this morning? A little loopy, <laughs> a little loopy, a little sleep deprived. Uh, woke up and brain started thinking and couldn't get back to sleep, and then yeah, two hours later, from four to six a.m., still sitting there trying to fall back asleep. <laughs> Man, could, I, I never actually thought about this before, but Jake Seeley dreams must be so weird. Week everybody, 15 in the NFL season. No, not even that. It's just in general. Everybody always tells me it's weird that, first of all, they're so vivid and random, but second, that I remember them so much. People are always like, I don't remember my dreams as much as you do. And I always remember, like, I should have a novel of book like type thing next to my bed. I could probably write like horror movies and thrillers and stuff like that, like just random nonsense. As much as I'd like to make an entire episode about that we gotta get some we gotta get some football uh let's let's lead with two of the guys who who i think uh who i believe you know i, I think are buzzy and i think people are actually kind of considering them as they go into semifinal week uh jeff wilson and lynn Bowden, uh dominating the most viewed list on cbs most added this morning when you go and check um you know for a variety of reasons lynn Bowden is really coming to his own as as uh as brandon howard predicted he said he was on the verge of a breakout about a month and a half ago so let's start with him uh, Eric Moody, Lynn Bowden. I mean, if, if you're looking at this, like I'm in the final four, I made it. Would you stick Lynn Bowden in as your, as your wide receiver three? Is that, is that like a thing that you can do right now? Yeah, I believe so. Like he's gotten a, you know, a decent amount of uh, opportunities, you know, over the last few games, he's been used as a running back, also being used as a receiver, you know, developing some rapport with Tua. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with that, but I will tell you, I'm even more comfortable with Jeff Wilson as well. Uh, so please go comma. <laughs> I guess that's kind of like a, a colon, yeah, a, colon. A little bit of a little bit of a <laughs> setup there, but um, I guess with with Wilson, what I like is uh, with, with Shanahan. He's not really shy about giving uh, like opportunities, you know, to uh, running backs. And I thought one thing that was interesting, you know, you look at Wilson; he's accumulated twenty six opportunities to Mostert's twenty eight over the last two weeks, running behind a very solid Forty ers offensive line. You shouldn't have any issues uh, with Dallas. So if you were choosing between those two, I'd rather go with Wilson, but I do like what Bowden's doing. Jake, uh, are you the same boat? Like, you know, you should have had Wilson as your number one priority. If you got Bowden, it's still not the worst thing to happen to you. Yeah. And really, you know, I broke it down in the waiver column and said after we got the news on Moster late and said, you know, if he's out, Wilson would be number one. And I know we're ready to get snake bitten by Shanahan again. I know everybody wouldn't be shocked if all of a sudden it's a Jarek McKinnon game or maybe Tevin Coleman gets the most run he's seen in years. But, you know, it should be Jeff Wilson. We had a debate on the ranking show, as Beller knows, as I said that, you know, if it was both of them were out there at this point, Wilson would rank higher 
than Mostert for me to begin with, even if Mostert was healthy, because they're splitting the carries 50-50 almost. And the biggest thing is that Wilson's getting the valuable touches at the five-yard line and in. That's more valuable. So if you're going to split it 50-50, give me the guy who's getting at the goal line. So Jeff Wilson, top 20 play this week, and I understand it's got a ton of risk, but if anything, go out there and block your opponents from picking him up as well. And then Lynn Bowden, I... I don't understand why the Raiders even traded him in the first place. This is what you expect uh, out of this off, guy. It was all field stuff, I believe. It's something like culture-wise or whatever, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I mean, think Vic Tafer wrote a really good story. I think it was Vic who wrote like a really good story about it. Really? Um, it, yeah, you got to take mean, back be, Go ahead, Jake. Sorry. I was just going to say, that. I mean, maybe that's the case. Maybe whatever culture fit or whatever. But, you know, Bowden's got this ability. Is He's a great slot receiver who is kind of a hybrid they chose to go one pure direction with him instead of keeping him in that dual role because he's barely running the ball. But if they're going to use him as a slot wide receiver, heck, in a PPR league, he's got PPR value because Devontae Parker, even if he plays, is going to be less than 100%. He's facing Stefan Gilmore, who's back to being Stefan Gilmore since he's been hurt. Well, I think part of the part of the argument that Emery and, and Brandon made when they were saying Lynn, Lynn Bowden's going to be a guy this year um, is because he fits well with Tua. He fits much better with Tua's style of play than he West does Coast. with Ryan Fitzpatrick's. Yeah, yeah. as they've been trying to convert this offense to a This is why Preston Williams didn't break out like a lot of expected is Preston Williams was struggling because they were moving the offense to a West Coast style, which doesn't work with Preston Williams. Like, Preston Williams is probably going to struggle until he gets off this team at this point. That's a dark way to start the show, Jake. Uh, you know, <laughs> There's a segue here, I think. Well, not exactly with Bowden, but with the 49ers. Uh, and I have it lower on the rundown, but it's just making me think of this. I see a mirror image here. Um, Moody, I'm going to ask you first. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot of people are here because of Cam Akers. You know, a lot of seven and, well, now eight and six teams. Uh, a lot of people who snuck in as the fifth or sixth seed got Cam Akers at late, hot. Um, and it's just, I find it a little weird, and maybe I'm wrong, and you correct me if I am, that no one, like, see, like I've seen one person say something about it on Twitter, is concerned that Sean McVay is going to either A, go back to his old tricks, or B, say, like, look, we're, we're going to beat the Jets. For, it's going to be 40 to 8 at halftime. Um, why do I have to waste Cam Akers, who's, you know, been hurt and, you know, is, is a rookie, whatever, um, when I could just run Malcolm Brown like I did against the Giants and, you know, put Cam on the back burner with, like, a 10 for 46 and a touchdown day? If that. Um, am I crazy? Should we, I mean, is Cam Akers super dependable now? Or is there a little bit of doubt in the back of your mind? You know, Nando, I would never call you crazy, so I'm not going to call you crazy now. So I won't call you crazy, but it, it is a concern. I can see some people being concerned, but again, I'll, I'll talk to you off the ledge. You look at Acres; he's in a great spot, you know, to be a league winner and someone that you should start, you know, against the Jets defense. I'm like, he's averaged 27 opportunities over the last two weeks. He's playing behind a really good Rams offensive line, and I think McVay and the staff have, have gotten a taste of, of what he can do. And also, they're trying to lock up a playoff spot. So I'd really be shocked to not see Akers be used as a bell cow, given the stakes. And I'll close with this. No other defense has allowed a higher number of PPR fantasy points per game than the Jets this season, you know, to offensive players. So, great spot. All right, Jake? Same question? Well, I don't know. Yeah, like, am I, I don't know. Do you, if you agree, forget it. I'll give you another question. No, that's usually, yeah, usually you move, like I, I was going to jokingly say that a lot of teams might not even be able to enjoy Cam Akers because they didn't make the playoffs, a lot of them. But, you know, it's similar to the Jonathan Taylor situation. It's similar to Shanahan, and it's similar to a lot of these backfields. It, I keep saying this at the same time. It's like, as a fantasy manager, as a fantasy analyst out here trying to help everybody, I want this to be clear. And as somebody who evaluates talent, 
I believe in my own opinion, and I believe that Akers is the best, Taylor is the best, and all that. At the same time, coaches, I believe them more than I believe myself. And if the you know if the talent's close, if there's not a big disparity in their minds, or if they think somebody presents a better situation for who they're facing this week. And I go back to what's frustrated us for years on end. It's the Patriots and Bill Belichick. They don't owe us Jack Blank because we're not going to curse on this show. They don't owe us anything. They're out there to win games. They don't owe fantasy people. They don't owe the news. They don't owe anybody anything to tell them who they're going to play and how they're going to use them. So, yes, Sean McVay could screw us over at the worst possible time, just like Shanahan can. But with the way that Akers looks finally these past two games, if you somehow made it this far, he's just the same as Jeff Wilson and Jonathan Taylor. You just got to use them. All right, I just you know, I, maybe I'll be the one who history smiles upon. Um, we're gonna hit. We gotta hit Ronald Jones uh, and some injuries. Like the Chargers are good. I, Chargers are gonna drive people nuts this weekend. I think with these injuries. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com/slash/active-ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services LLC, member NYSE SIPC. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ronald Jones. Eric Moody, he's on the COVID list. Just when we were like, okay, Fournette's been uh, healthy scratched. Looks like this is the Ronald Jones show. I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn is going to do much. Uh, we saw LaShawn McCoy not do anything given you know, kind of several opportunities Um to kind of ascend the depth chart. What are we doing here, man? Is it back to Fournette? Like, Bruce Arians said so, and he actually was telling the truth when he said that Jones needed to get more carries before last week. So, uh, I don't know, man. Sing me a song. You know, I'm, I'm kind of getting uh, Admiral Akbar vibes from Return of the Yeah, Jedi. it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> uh, that, that's what I was thinking immediately with this, because you, you look at Fournette, he was a healthy scratch uh, last week. He's just really difficult to trust. I think we're looking at a scenario where he could end up splitting opportunities with Rashawn McCoy and Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm like, Fournette's only averaged 2.9 yards per carry this season. 2.9. Obviously terrible. I'll say another red flag is really with the Falcons' defense. I know they've allowed the second-fewest rushing yards to running backs this season, 
Now, on the flip side, they have given up like a high number of receptions and uh, receiving yards to running backs. But Fournette really just carries, you know, too much risk. You know, there's other running backs that I have ranked similar in a similar spot to Fournette, you know, that I would rather go with, you know, guys like DeAndre Swift, you know, Jeff Wilson, or even like Wayne Gallman. It's just a huge risk in the semis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake, let me ask you this question. Um, and let me bring in Austin Eckler plays tonight. But, uh, I think quad. I, I, I'm so confused between Keenan Allen and his back and something in the leg and Mike Williams and Austin Eckler and these chargers that are just a mess injury wise. They play Thursday night. Um, I, like we're going to know if things go right early, which is always nice. But I mean, is, is like Leonard Fournette someone you want to have hanging on the back of your roster? No. If you're, if you're an Austin Eckler guy though. No. I don't How about care flex wise? Would you, would you rather no. have Fournette? No, or, or no, no, no. Or an empty There's... roster spot. Empty roster spot. No. <laughs> I, look, I'm not playing anybody in the Jets' backfield. I'm not playing anybody in the Bucks' backfield. I'm not playing anybody in the Bengals' backfield. Don't do it. Don't risk it. Just don't. Don't. Like, there's, I'd rather risk the zero of, and go for a pure upside. You know, possibly Lynn Bowden. Like, like Bowden's out there in a lot of leagues. Even if not, I'd rather chase a million running backs than to go this route because Leonard Fournette was just a healthy scratch. And even yeah, if but maybe there was a reason, maybe no, there was like an unspoken no, reason for that. No, no, there's no reason for it because even if he leads this backfield, unless you're getting the Ronald Jones workload and he's not even going to get that, even if the lead is the lead, it's not going to be more than what? 10 touches against a defense. That's okay. Against the run that they're not going to run that much against because it's so easy to pass against their defense. And Vaughn's a good, good pass catcher. LaShawn McCoy was out there last week. No, I just wouldn't do it. I'd rather go for the – I don't even want to mess around with James Conner this week, but I'd play James Conner all, over all those guys. Hell, I would go for the split and play Gus Edwards, hoping he gets at least one, if not another two touchdowns, over anybody in all those backfields. There's no way on earth in my playoffs I'm touching these backfields. How about David Johnson? I'd go David Johnson. I know he's getting touches. I know he's getting work. I don't know what I don't know what Fournette's going to get. All right, fair. What a fun season now, this has been. The Chargers are on a short week. Everybody's banged. Like Austin Eckler just returned from an injury three weeks ago. Keenan Allen's banged up at this point of the season almost every single year, and the fact that he's healthy, he's fine. Mike Williams is always getting hurt in his own right, so I would just throw him out. As I just the Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler is just hey, it's week fifteen. These guys are banged up. One just came back from an injury. I, I wouldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. I want to get too much into that. I, I'm fine with both of them. Eric Moody, if you hear that Austin Eckler is going to play tonight, Thursday night, and we're doing the show, um, and if you're listening in the future, I hope you made the right decision. Uh, but <laughs> if you hear Austin Eckler is going to play on Thursday night, are you still worried? Like, oh, you know, like, I, there, why would you do this? Like, why would, like, just like Jake said, the dude came back just now from a leg injury, and he's got another leg injury. And we saw what happened with Daniel Jones compensating for his ankle and hurting, I think, his hamstring or quad or calf or something. Um, that's got, I mean, it's got to be fresh in everybody's mind. I'm sure it's a real concern that Virginia Zakis and Inside Injuries tell us about all the time. But if Eckler's a go and he's active, I, like, you're week 15, it's the semifinals. What do you do? Like, do you still start him or you do have that worry that, like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. They might, they might pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, I'd still start him. Uh, I get why fantasy managers would be concerned, but he's a guy that I would still start. I'm like, he was limited in practice uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm like, he's he's on track to play, you know, for tonight. Uh, but here's what I look at. I'm like, he finishes a RB1 in two out of his last three games. I'm like, he's averaged nearly 24 opportunities per game over that time frame. What really makes him intriguing to me um, 
is really with the injury situation with Keenan Allen and also with Mike Williams. You know, those guys are dealing with injuries. And Eckler had a 23% target share, you know, since returning from injury. And it's in the realm of possibilities that he could see, you know, even more targets in this game, especially if Williams or Allen is out. So, hey, I'll plug them into the lineup and not hesitate one bit. Jake, I want to get into a trust factor thing with you. And uh, like a lot of these players we're talking about here, uh, Cam Akers, to me, especially as like on a one to 10 scale, he's like a four. And I wish he wasn't. I wish he was, you know, like on the Raiders because, uh, yeah, that's a 10. But uh, when you talk about T.Y. Hilton, he's another guy we've we've kind of fully embraced. And I, I think I feel like he's more in the Lynn Bowden boat. Like he's just developed and figured it out with the quarterback. And now he's trustworthy again. But is there anything there that we should just be kind of like, you know, we could be looking at a two for 23 game. Just have that in the back of your mind when you're kind of brazenly starting him because he's been good the last few weeks. No, well, so something uh, we've mentioned a lot on the other podcasts is uh, so this part of it's the Colts. It's not just T.Y. Hilton getting you know used to Philip Rivers. It's the Colts were making changes too. Look at the first couple games of the season. T.Y. Hilton was being T.Y. Hilton and running a lot of deep routes. A lot of his routes were 15, 20 yards downfield. And T.Y. Hilton's lost a little bit of his step. And where I'm going, because everybody's going to be like, well, he's hitting some of those plays recently. So like, let's get through the whole point for everybody out there is the past few games – they started breaking them off over the middle of the field. They're setting them on some slants. They're sl- setting them on some double moves now and breaking them inside. And he's still able to get those downfield options now because what happens with that, when you have, let's go back to the Mike Wallace. Everybody remembers Mike Wallace. He's the prototypical nine-route guy. That's all you do. What happens is, well, then at the line of scrimmage, one is the corner's going to sit back 10, 15 yards. And then worst case scenario, you roll the safety to that side of the field. You just sit back on them. And that's why T.Y. Hilton wasn't having success is because you're just sending them into coverage, basically. So now by asking him to run more of these routes, similar to what the Jets are doing with Denzel Mims, his speed comes back because you're pulling in the secondary. The safety is coming down further. The corner is coming closer at the snap. So now he's getting behind the guys like he used to because he's got more of a threat. That's what's working for T.Y. Hilton. So I'm not concerned about him going zero because of you know, what he's been doing. What he's been doing is why he's been so good and why Philip Rivers is connecting with him. The only thing that could go bad is if Houston just goes, we're going to do everything to stop T.Y. Hilton and then let Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman beat us, which would still be stupid because they can't stop the run. But that would be the only thing to stop T.Y. Hilton now at this point, is if he starts getting double and triple covered constantly. Jeez, Jake, I was just looking for a number, man. I'm just... I'm just kind of joking. What, that, I know. I'm, jo- I'm joking, man. That was actually I'm so, excellent, I'm excellent sorry. analysis. I'll leave that kind of in-depth analysis to Emery. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, come on, Jake. That was really good. Um, and I actually have a follow-up, and I want to go to Eric Moody. Um, Michael Pittman, who Jake mentioned was like the apple of everybody's eye two, three weeks ago. Um, and I think it's fair to say that he's, he's, I don't know, I don't think he's disappointed, but he hasn't turned into what I think a lot of people thought he might turn into, um, at least not sustainably. Is that is that someone that you would dispatch for um, Lynn Bowden or maybe just to keep like, keep a Devontae Booker on the back end of your bench? Is this the time like where, look, that Pittman 120-yard, two-touchdown, that's not happening. And not, not in weeks 15 and 16. If it does, he's going to be on your bench anyway. Um is that the kind of guy you would be dropping right now for, you know, some of these names and some of these handcuffs? Yeah, that, that's an intriguing one. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be comfortable with doing that. I, you know, I, I want to potentially roster, you know, players that, you know, th- that I can use. But it would help at least knowing kind of what the person's roster looks like to, to make that call. 
So I'd still be comfortable starting Pittman or some of those other players, you know, given the scenario that that manager is in. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's just a tough one. No, oh, all right. Yeah, it was meant. I'm glad I'm hitting some of these tough ones instead of the ones that Jake scoffs at. <laughs> I guess is the right word. Jakey, I got a question yeah. for you from the VIP line. Uh, this is from okay. our friend Jim Sias, who we all know and love. Uh, Moody, I don't think you ever met him, but anyway. Um, J- Jim Sias, who, by the way, like DMs me and has my phone number. Jim, you can just hit me up in person. <laughs> <laughs> he's good like that. Uh, anyway, he's, he's a friend of fantasy. Um, he's got David Johnson, Deontay Johnson, and Kenyon Drake. Who does he flex? Wait, one more time? So... He's got, it's a PPR league. He's got David, David Johnson. David, Deontay Johnson. Who's the other one? And Kenyon Drake. And full PPR? Yeah, full PPR. Deontay Johnson. Here's the thing. Uh, this is one that I tweeted out. If you, if people want to search the tweet, that's why I put it out there, because it's a good oh, one. He, I'm sorry. He also has Bowden and Jeff Wilson, who he picked up like a psycho overnight. Well, if there's no Raheem Mostert, then it's Jeff Wilson. And I'm re- like I said, I'm ready to go down with that ship. You're going to get possibly burned, but you kind of have to take that chance with his usage if there's no Mostert. But by the way, Shanahan came out this morning and said that he has hope for Mostert still. So just be ready for this. Shanahan lies. I know. They all, all coaches do. Like, again, they owe us nothing. Um, Deontay Johnson. So got benched because of the drops. But... After the second quarter, because he got benched late into the first, so he was a little lower on his target share and routes run in the first quarter compared to his season. Then completely out for the second quarter. Second half, Nando, out there, 100% of the snaps was out there running routes 80 to 90% of the time, had his normal 20 to 25 target percentage. They sent the message. He got the message in the second quarter, and they used him like they always have in the second half. The only concern for Deontay Johnson's production is if he drops because then he loses product. He uses the large, the yards he could have had. They sent their message. It's been sent. So don't worry about Deontay Johnson. I br- that's why I bring that up because he was out there for the entire second half. Back to Deontay Johnson. Man, I just like it's the, all three of those players are scary to me. I, except for Kenyon Drake, um, and Jeff. I mean the the additions of you know Wilson and Bowden, obviously, but. Like it's if if David Johnson gets hit, I mean the guy was on the IR for a concussion. He wasn't like missed a week and still in concussion protocol. He was on the IR for a concussion, um, which I find interesting. Uh, anyway, a couple more sponsors. We're gonna come back, and I got some either or for you guys. Hurts uh, versus Trubisky. I want to know Russell Gage versus Kiki QT. I got a Higgins versus Higgins question, and then I think we're gonna wrap up the show with the impossible Ezekiel uh, Elliott conundrum, which I don't know. Conundrum might be too soft of a word. Quagmire. All right. Anyway, let's get some either ors. Uh, let's start with Eric Moody. Jalen Hurts or Mitchell Trubisky? I think this question is going to come up every single week, actually. But Jalen Hurts versus Mitchell Trubisky. Eric Moody, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Trubisky here. Do, do I have a moment to give uh, some context on my uh, selection? You have as much time as you'd like, <laughs> sir. No. All right. I'll, I'll be brief. I know Trubisky was someone you know I mentioned as a streaming option and uh, under the radar. And uh, the guy, you know, he has uh, delivered. One thing with Hurts, you know, I did like Hurts last week. You have that element of surprise, you know, against the Saints. But I'm like, we've got film on him now. I mean, he's playing against a Cardinals defense that has a quarterback in Kyler Murray with a very similar skill set. So I'm going Trubisky here. Jakey, Jakey. Uh, are you giving me a next one or do you want me to chime in on the Hurts Trubisky? I, I think people like when you chi- when you both chime in. Okay. I, I don't I know. I could be wrong. We got, we got time for I, both of you to talk. No, I agree on Trubisky. I actually have Trubisky as a QB1 this week. And, whew, 
I mean, I already have people like, am I really starting Trubisky over Ben Roethlisberger? It's like, hey, if you follow my rankings, you are. like, For everybody out there, I'll continue to say this every single time. The rankings are there for how I would start them, how I recommend them to start them. They're maybe 70, 75% correct their best week because it's predicting sports. It's predicting performances. Everybody saw the rant yesterday by Kenyon Drake on Twitter, and he's right about one part. We're trying to predict elite player performances when you have 22 guys on the field every single play. It's tough. It's never going to be 100% correct. So I have Trubisky. I'm playing him over Roethlisberger. You understand the risk of playing Trubisky. But against Minnesota, the way he's been playing, he's been a top 10, 11 quarterback the past three games. And Ben Roethlisberger has been QB 18 to 20 the last three games. I'm going to ride Trubisky. Should they never have benched him, Jake? Trubisky? Yeah. No, he deserve he definitely deserved to be benched. Like there's no question about it. The one thing that you can hope for Trubisky real life there's two things. I hope for him as a player because he's never going to even if he's good. He's going to go to his grave hearing the oh, you got Deshaun drafted Watson. in front of in Patrick Mahomes. He's yeah. going to hear that for I so I feel bad for him as a person. On the second side of it, I think you could see him going down the Tannehill route. I jokingly said he's playing himself into a contract as the starting quarterback for the Washington football team next year. But I would actually, I hope he has a starting ch- I hope his career is resurrected like Tannehill. Maybe this just wasn't a good fit from get day one with Nagy. And maybe, you know, he's not going to be the number two pick level of talent. But can he be Tannehill? Look at what Tannehill is doing right now. I would hope that happens for him. All right. Uh, let's move on to Russell Gage versus Kiki QT, Mr. Moody. Well, let's yeah, say, let's, say, let's oh, put it at point five. I'm sorry, let's put point five PPR. How's that? Fair in the middle. No, that, that's fine. I'm good with that. I'm still right. going with. Uh, I'm still going with Gage. Uh, you know, I like what you know QT is bringing to the table. But I know Brandon Cooks is is expected back, and he does have a difficult uh, cornerback matchup. Uh, but even if Julio is is active, uh, he could be limited. And so I, I think there's a real opportunity for uh, for Gage to be uh, productive for fantasy managers. So that's who I'm going with. Jake, how about you? QT, I think the volume is there. Uh, Gage, even without uh, Julio this year, you can look at it from, and this is, you know, now Zacchaeus is hurt and all that type of stuff, but at the same time, Gage actually hasn't even been that consistent, even without Julio. So I'm looking at this team. The only person that's really been consistent this year was Todd Gurley before he got hurt, and that was only because of touchdowns. And Calvin Ridley, outside of that, it's been inconsistency across the board. And against Tampa Bay, you know, sure, we expect a potential passing out, output for Atlanta, but with QT, I'm just going to go. I'm gonna, I know he's got a tougher matchup, arguably, but Indianapolis Colts defense, honestly, in my opinion, has been very weak in the second half of the season. So I'm going oh, with QT. Oh, let's hope Mr. Eberflus isn't listening to the show. Okay. Matt? I think he would say the same. Matt Eberflus? Uh, all right, good. We got a disagreement. I like it. Um, here's an interesting one, Higgins versus Higgins. I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but uh, Rashard Higgins has, I, I would say, established himself as, you know, maybe 1B to Jarvis Landry's 1A. Um, and T. Higgins, still supremely talented, uh, but I mean, I, I'm seeing questions about people who are thinking about dropping Tyler Boyd because of the quarterback situation there. So uh, if I put Higgins versus Higgins, Eric Moody, which way do you go? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Rashard Higgins here. Uh, you know, he's caught 12 of 19 targets for 163 yards, two touchdowns. You know, over the last two games, uh, he's developed some pretty good rapport with Baker Mayfield as well. I'm like for T. Higgins, it's just going to be tough to overcome the the quarterback situation that's there. I am curious to see on who uh, James Bradbury lines up against this week. 
Uh, but even if he's lined up against Rashard Higgins, you know, I still believe that's a matchup that Higgins can win. So that's who I'm going to go with. Nice. Jake? I'm going with Higgins. So, uh, you're a good guy. <laughs> are you saying for this week or for the for foreseeable future, as in like the next two weeks since you're playing, like both weeks? Because uh, it's so, a different answer. All right, go ahead then. I think that's uh, nuanced enough. We'll allow it. So Moody just brought up my concern is Bradbury. Bradbury has been a shutdown corner this year, shutting down terrific talent, let alone and somebody like Rashad Higgins. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but, you know, obviously not on the level of the top 10, 15, even 20 wide receivers in the NFL. And as I was a Rashad Higgins fan coming out of college, I actually thought he had a lot of promise. Uh, you know this. We mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that when Hodge was healthy, was Rashad Higgins was behind him. And yeah. then Hodge fell apart. So that opened the door for Higgins. And I said, you know, Higgins, honestly, Rashad has put him in the conversation of almost must start right now because – I don't disagree with anything that Moody said. The, the connection's there with Baker. Baker's playing really well again, and everything's there. But this matchup is concerning, and I don't think Bradbury's going to waste time on Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's just my opinion. And if I'm the Giants, I would probably have the same opinion, I'm assuming. So for this week, I think T. Higgins gives you more upside because the Steelers are one of the worst teams at giving up plays of 20-plus yards. Bad matchup but good for the boom potential you could get a touchdown you could get a 20 30 40 yard play for t higgins but if it's for both weeks only then i'm sticking with Rashard higgins all right i like that i'm, I'm glad we dove into that um here's the, the last question i had written um and i think you know maybe we'll play out the last five minutes with it if, if you would like ezekiel elliott versus curtis samuel um <laughs> i mean yeah like i was trying to so i had zeke and i just wanted to put him against someone that would be interesting enough to maybe the other guy might have a shot. Um, so yeah, let's, let's start. Curtis Samuel, you know, missed the game. I think missed week thirteen, but you know, around that has had three games of about seventy yards uh, and a lot of involvement. So Eric Moody, uh, I I think everyone's going to say Zeke, but is there a shot? This is a really this is a really good question. Um, my initial thought was Curtis Samuel. Uh, I'm still a, I still like the way that you know he's being used you know as a as a runner you know as a receiver, and he's just really more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott at this point. So that's who I'm going to go with. Uh, Michael Bella just informed me. Uh, I would love to lie and say he reminded me, but I didn't know this. They're college teammates. How about that? Fate brought them together. Destiny brought them to us. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Jake, what do you uh, what do you think? I, you've been a Zeke guy for a while, so I assume you're going to go Zeke. No, so the Washington Tunnel last night did the show, and the question was, do you bench people like Todd Gurley and Zeke Elliott? And I said, you know, this is the conversation we have in fantasy every single year. You get to this point, and don't bench your stars. Don't bench your studs. Play who got you here. That last part is what I said on the show, and I said, Zeke probably didn't get you here. Zeke hasn't carried your team to this point. Todd Gurley's the obvious bench one. He hasn't been anything since he's been hurt. He's probably droppable, arguably. You want the real trick for people out there? Drop Todd Gurley, drop Devontae Parker, let the other team pick him up and play him against you and watch them get two points, and then you just double-dipped. You, you got rid of him off your team, and then you you actually hurt the team you're facing. With Zeke, We call that, we call that not, doing the jakey, right? No, nah, I think Pat Mayo was the first one who brought that up years ago, so I don't want to take credit for that one. Uh, but... It's a great strategy. Uh, with Ezekiel Elliott, he's benchable, not droppable. And I think I'm going to go with if DJ Moore doesn't return from his COVID situation, I would play Curtis Samuel. If DJ Moore's back, Curtis Samuel's out for me. 
just because the snap count, the usage, I think is going to be a concern if DJ Moore's out there. Yeah, but DJ Moore's been there, and Samuel's been putting up those numbers. He has, but not consistently. I know Zeke's going to get his touches. I don't know if Curtis Samuel's going to have one of his 18-point games or one of his three-point games. And I'm much more confident in trying to chase that upside. I Put it this way. I think he could hit the 18 points like 75% of the time with no DJ Moore. I think it drops to maybe 30 40% of the time with DJ Moore. That's the issue. Here's something, I mean, I guess it's not interesting, but I mean, you know, if you're not really obsessing over Ezekiel Elliott every week like I am, uh, his, he hasn't had he hasn't played more than 75% of the team's offensive snaps since uh week 8 which I'm like I know Tony Pollard has been involved but I just, I'm just like wow like I thought he might have been at, you know at least 75 maybe Well that's even the 80. other concern too if you don't uh, is Tony Pollard still sitting out there in too, way too many leagues Dude, the Cowboys could come out in week 16 and be like you know what we spent billions of dollars on Ezekiel Elliott. We're going to save him for next year because we got nothing to play for. And all of a sudden, it's Tony Pollard getting 20 touches next week. Zeke's the, well, I mean, so here's the other factor. And let's maybe just end the show on this one, this question of Moody. Like, Ezekiel Elliott is 170 yards away from a 1,000-yard season, which is, I mean, the way he's been playing, that's not a, that's not a slam dunk guarantee. Do you do it? I mean, if if Dallas was said something like what Jake just suggested, would he turn around and be like, "No, I got to get my thousand yards." You're playing me. I, w- I wouldn't think that he would. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of in- incentives in his contract. I don't know all the specifics yeah. on. on <laughs> well, I'm saying just to um, have it, just to like get that thousand yards. No, yeah. <laughs> if I'm Ezekiel, you're like, "Hey, take a game off." Oh, I still get my paycheck. Thank yeah, you. That, that's what I was thinking. You know, why why take the risk? You know, you, given the the amount of touches that he's had since entering the league, it's like, yeah, why why take the gamble and the risk? Yeah, exactly. All right, I had to ask. Uh, we got to wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we hope this is helpful. We hope you come back next week, which means you won, or I guess you just enjoy Jakey. Uh, <laughs> either way, either way, more dreams uh, from Jake's uh, journal. Stay tuned for that. Uh, But good luck, everybody. We hope you do well. We hope you conquer. um, And we hope we were somewhat helpful. Talk to you later. See you next time. Goodbye. Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop.